off on last Sunday, Mark the 8th chapter, verse number 34 through 38. Mark 8, 34 through 38. Amen. Mark the 8th chapter, verse number 34 through 38. I pray that you are really enjoying this time of discipleship where we're getting into the word, where we're growing and developing. Amen. Amen. We got seats up here, so come on, come on, come on. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Mark the 8th chapter, verse number 34 through 38. If you haven't, say amen. 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 All right, let's go. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit, lose his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. Go back to verse number uh, 34 one more time. And it's, and calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I want to talk about on today as I continue with our conversation on last week, um, I want to talk about today the conflict of discipleship. This is part two, the conflict of discipleship. Uh, this is part two. I said on last week, if you've been in church any amount of time, you know that every Sunday after the message has been preached, an invitation is given to sinners to come to Christ. In fact, this is the most important part of the entire service because that invitation literally changes the destiny and destination of all those that accept it. But there is a stark difference, ladies and gentlemen, from the way the preacher does it and the pattern of this invitation Jesus gives in our text. Because when we live, because we live in such a man-centered and self-centered world that the only way many believers uh, come to Jesus is that we have to appeal to them in a man-centered and self-centered way. We got to tell you how blessed you are in order for you to come to God. We got to tell you how he going to bring you out in order for you to come to God. Most people nowadays don't come to Jesus and, and uh, on, the, on the message of uh, come to Jesus and you might stay right where you're at. Now, you don't like that. You don't want to hear that. But the reality is many of us only come to Jesus today for health and wealth, prosperity and blessings, healing and a trouble-free life. Touch your neighbor say, but that ain't always true. That ain't always true. That ain't always true. Because we present Jesus as if he just wants to give you everything you desire. But Jesus says, let me give you the true invitation that shatters all the false invitations. Jesus says, it's got to be deeper than that. This invitation that we see in our text is an invitation, watch this, to self-denial, cross-bearing, and obedience. And Jesus is saying, I am inviting you to not just be found, but to be faithful. Everybody say, not just be found, but be faithful. 
Aha, uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. See, this has nothing to do with your relationships. It has nothing to do with your money. This has nothing to do with any of that other stuff. God's saying, I don't need you to just be found, uh, but I need you to be faithful. See, we love amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. See, that's what we're after. We just want to be found. And God is saying the invitation I have for you is greater than you just being found. I need you to be faithful because after you're found, can you remain faithful even when it seemed like you lost again? God help me. That was real good for me because sometimes in this Christian walk you're going to feel like you've been God forsaken. You're going to feel like God walked away from you. You're going to feel like God is not there. But is there anybody in here on the sound of my voice that say even in those times I got to be faithful to God even when it's seem like he's not near get much and in our text Jesus leaves, lays out the, the process of discipleship Jesus says if any man or woman would come after me let him deny himself notice he does not say let him hate himself it's not what he says he is not asking us to deny our basic humanity or personhood He is not saying that we should abandon ourselves. The word deny here means, watch this, to disavow any connection to something. To state that you are not connected in any way with whatever is in view. It is the same word that that is used when Peter denies Jesus. Y'all know the story. Little girl comes to Peter and asks him, don't you know this man, Jesus? Peter looks at 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 the little girl and say, not, not only he not only denied knowing him, but Peter gives the connotation that he didn't have any connection with him at all. Who? Wait a minute! Didn't I just see you with that Jesus just a, just a few weeks ago? Who are you talking about? I don't I don't know him. I don't I don't know who that is. I'm, I'm not I'm not sure who that is. I, I know that's sometimes what the saints do to some of us uh, when people uh, come to you. And, and they, they try to call you on the carpet for your salvation and say, why are you acting like that? What? I'm not, no. I mean, I go to church, but no, you know. God gave me a mind. You know, I ain't, you know I'm going to do my thing. You know, we deny Jesus. Yes. Oh, oh y'all getting quiet on me. Don't care. I, you know, God is saying, why, why, why? He's saying this deny is to act like you don't even know me. You disavow even knowing me. And Jesus says, if you're going to come after me, you must first deny yourself, just like Peter denied even knowing me. Jesus says, watch this, you got to look at your own flesh and deny that. You got to look at your fallen nature and deny that fallen nature. You got to look at your depravity and, and that tries to pull you back into your pre-salvation state and tell yourself, I don't know who that person is because if any man be in Christ, I ain't got no Bible readers, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things become new. I need to take a pause for the cause and find out, is there anybody in here that's grateful that God saved you one day and who you are today? God done brought you a mighty long way from who you used to be because who you used to be was a mess. 
who you used to be was tore up from the floor. But is there anybody that can give God glory that he done brought you a mighty long way? I need you to look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, get a good look at me now. Uh, you need to praise God for who I am today because God done brought me a mighty long. If you knew who was sitting next to you, if you knew the stuff I used to do, if you knew the stuff I used to get into, but thanks be unto God, he made me new and I'm grateful. Somebody clap your hands and open up your mouth and give God glory for how far he's brought you. And what Jesus is saying is you got to disavow that old you. You know, you know, we used to have a saying, don't, don't, don't make me lay down my religion. Don't, don't make me act like who I used to be. God is saying, watch this, you got to deny that. You got to stop breathing life to that old dead person. You got to stop resuscitating the person that you used to be. Because watch this, the reason why you keep resuscitating is because you're more familiar with that than with your new, your new nature. But God is saying you got to get familiar with that new nature. My new nature, I don't cuss you out when you say something cross to me. My new nature don't make me pay you back for what you did to me. My new nature will pray for you instead of talking about you. My new nature, ain't nobody got a new nature yet? My new nature make me worship and praise God even in the worst times of my life. My old nature made me just fall apart and want to walk away. But my new nature makes me want to lift my hands and bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be. Is there anybody in here that say, I thank God for this new nature that God gave me. That make me love my enemies. That make me bless those that despitefully use me. I thank God for my new nature. Okay. And Jesus says, you got to first deny yourself. It's not just to focus on giving up of something. When, when we say deny ourselves, most times Christians tend to think I got to give up something. Because when you hear self-denial, we interpret it as if Jesus is asking us to give up something in particular. Watch this. Um, so when Lent comes around, Everyone say they're giving up something for Lent, like, a, like I'm going to give up this bad habit. I, I'm going to stop drinking sodas for 30 days. I'm going to come off of social media. I, I'm going I'm 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 to not eat pork and, 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 and chitlins and, and, and hog malls, and, 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 and I'm not going to eat all that stuff for during the Lent. But Jesus is not after just behavior modification. He is after spiritual transformation. There go your word right there. He's not after you just changing your behavior for a moment and for you to go right back to it like the Bible says a dog returns to his own vomit. God is saying, I'm not after you just shutting something down and you suppressing something just for a moment. I'm after you changing your life forever. And is there anybody here that say, I, I'm so tired of trying to change my behavior. I need spiritual transformation. I need to make sure that what I used to do, I don't do anymore because I want to make sure that God is pleased with my life. God, come through here like a hammer. Because it's stony ground I'm preaching to this morning. God, come through here like a, a hammer and break up this stony ground. Because there's something these people need on today. But they ain't there yet. They ain't there. They ain't there. So, God, I'm, I'm looking right at it. God, they ain't there yet. I pray right now that you break up every follow ground that's sitting in front of us right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that you make every spirit receptive to the word of God or receptive to the word, receptive to just like you receptive to that TV, receptive to the word. Because I don't feel like we receptive to the word on today. Is there anybody here that say, I need the ground of my heart to be broken up? I need God to deposit a seed into the spirit of my heart. Come on. I need some people right now. Open up your mouth. I need you to open up 
your mouth. I, need, I know I'm teaching, but I need to take a pause for the calls because I see something. I need you to lift your hands and open up your mouth and say, God, break it up, break it up, break it up. Break up that, that, that lazy spirit. Break up that lethargic spirit. Break up that apathetic spirit. Break up that spirit that walked in here with no fire for God. With no fire for God. God, put us on fire this morning. Catch us on fire this morning. We need to be on fire this morning. I need y'all. Come on. I need y'all. Come on up. I need y'all. I need y'all. I'm not going to preach to you and make you try to receive something you ain't ready for. Open up your mouth and say, God, I need a word from you. I need you to lift your hands and tell the Lord, I need a word from you. I need something from you on today, God. Break it up, 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 the hard hearts. Break it up, God. Break it up, God. Break it up, God. Break it up, God. Break it up. We can't be changed until you break it up. We can't be changed until you break it up. Kill that attitude. Kill that mindset. Kill that disposition. Kill the weight that we brought in with us that's stopping us from giving you what you are so deserving of. Kill it on today, God. I'm coming for it. See, coming to church for most of us is nothing but behavior modification. It is not spiritual transformation. So we look at the word as give me a pep talk, but don't give me something to change my life. Because I want to leave here the same way that I came. I want to go back and be the exact same person that I was when I, before I came in here. Because I just came in here for you to give me a pep talk on how to deal with my boss on tomorrow. I just need you to give me a pep talk on how to deal with the fact that my husband getting on my nerves. But no, 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 no. God say, I'm not after your behavior modification because you'll go right back to it. You'll go right back to it. How many can just testify just for a minute that there's many times I've come to church and went right back into the same foolishness all over again. In fact, I shouted, I danced, I cried, I lifted my hands, but it never affected my heart because there was something down on the inside of me that wasn't receptive to the word of God. But is there anybody in that can say, God, anyone? way you want to bless me, I'll be satisfied on this morning. I need you, God, to change my life. I need spiritual transformation. God said, don't give up social media for a week for me, but you giving up that social media for a week don't change your heart. God said, don't fast from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and you don't love your enemies any better. You're getting quiet. <gasps> What you should, what you give up, deny yourself. What you give up, watch this, should change your heart. What you give up should change your heart. God is after your heart changing. Denying self here means that we repudiate our natural feelings about ourselves. It's going to get tight right through here. Denying self means that I give up my rights, here it is, to myself. Denying self means I give up the right to run my own life. Denying self means that we don't have the final right to decide on what we are going to do or where we are going to go. When was the last time that God had free reign to make the decisions in your life? And this begins the conflict of discipleship. Look at your neighbor and say, this is the conflict. This is the conflict. This is the conflict. Because this strikes at the heart of our very existence. Why? Because, let's be real, we value and protect the right to make our own decisions for our life. I love making my own decisions. I, I, I love telling myself where I want to go and what I will do. I love telling myself who will be in my life and who will not be in my life. I love telling myself who I need to go off on 
and who I don't need to go off on. I ain't got no real honest people. Rika, I'll talk to you. I love telling myself, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to spend this money on this sale. Oh, you know, when I want to spend this money on this sale. I know I got a bill. But I, 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 I love telling myself, I'm going to go where I want to go and do what I want to do. I, I love telling myself, y'all ain't like me. I love telling myself, yes, I'm going to eat all this. Yeah, I'm going to eat all this. Yeah, I'm going to eat all this. I know I'm going to die, but I'm going to eat all this. I love telling myself, yes. I love telling myself, yes. Yes, I do. I love telling myself, yes. And God is saying, if you're going to deny yourself, you are giving up your right to tell your own self, yes. See, our nature is to refuse to be under anything or anybody that reserves the right to make the final decisions in our life. I don't want to be under anybody that makes the final decisions in my life. No, no. This is why, come on here, this is why marriage is rocky for some of us. Because you view their opinion as the final decision on your life. And you've been trained all your life that you ain't going to tell me what I'm going to do. There's more fish in the sea. I'm coming for you now. I could do what I want to do. If I want to hang out all night, I, I, I'm going to hang out all night because I'm going to do what I want to do. Who is you to tell me? I say, who is you? Yeah. Who is you? Who is you to tell me? And this is why marriage is rocky because we don't understand that sometimes somebody else got to call the shots in our lives. God help me. And we got to submit and surrender to it. And even if we don't like it, we still got to tell it yes. Oh, I need the single people to clap your hands right there if you want to be married because some of y'all, some of y'all, some of y'all, you want to be married. But sometimes when you're married, there's somebody else calling the shots and you got to be okay with it. And God comes along and say, just like that, I need to be able to call the shots in your life. No, you don't need to take that job. No, no, no. You don't need to take that job. No, you don't need to date them. No, no, no. You don't need to date them. No, you need to lose their phone number. Yeah, you need to lose their phone number. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. No, no, no. You don't need to go out of town right now. No, you need to stay put. You need to stay put. No, you don't need to spend that money. No, you don't need to spend that money. No, you don't need to do that. That's not, no, that ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. And while God is saying, no, 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 don't do that because I got a better plan for you, you're sitting there saying, oh, I'm going to do what I want to do. I worked hard for this money and I refuse to let anybody tell me what I'm going to do and then you go out of town and spend all that money and then you come back broke and then we got to preach through your little attitude because you sitting there and then you're going to put it on the church but the church ain't the one that made you spend that money it was decisions that you made with your I need somebody to clap your hand I'm going to break it up in here is there anybody here that say sometimes I have a problem with telling myself yes I just want to tell myself I want to tell myself yes all the time I just want to tell myself yes all the time. I want to tell myself yes all the time. Mm -hmm. Yes, I've been lonely. Yes. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Y'all coming through here? Uh huh. I'm going to tell myself yes, I've been lonely. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I'm going to do my thing. Yeah, I'm gonna, yes, I'm going to tell myself yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. I'm going to lead a church. I'm going to lead a church. Yes. Cut them off. I'm gonna cut them off. Yes, I'm gonna cut them off. Then me, who cares if I'm assigned to them? Yes, mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna tell myself yes. I'm gonna tell myself yes. But God said no, 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 no. Watch this. Watch this. And the less you pray, watch this. The lower His voice gets. No.
And then like a fool, we tell ourselves, I'm praying and God ain't saying nothing. He said no long time ago, but because you didn't like the no, you took it as a yes and did your own thing. But somebody lift your hand and say, not my will, but thy will be done. God, it is your program, not mine. Okay. First Corinthians, sixth chapter, verse number 19 through 20. Today's Pentecost Sunday. Celebrate the, the Holy Spirit, but I got a wonderful verse for you. First uh, Corinthians, six chapter, verse number nineteen through twenty. First Corinthians, six chapter, nineteen through twenty. He says, "Some of us in here that's struggling with the no from God." So God said, "Let me give you this right here." 1 Corinthians 6 chapter, 19 through 20. Y'all ready? Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Look at this next, next part. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I thought the Holy Spirit was there to make me shout. I thought the Holy Spirit was there to make me run around the church. I thought the Holy Spirit was to make me slain in the spirit. I thought the Holy Spirit was there for me to speak in tongues. The Bible says, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have, re who, who you have received from God? You are not your own, but you were bought at a price. Therefore, somebody say therefore. Therefore, honor God with your body. Honor God with your bodies. Watch this. If you're going to follow Jesus, here's what Jesus is saying. You are no longer, you no longer own yourself. He must have the final rights over your life. He has to be the decision maker of your life, of your decisions, of your direction, of your desires, of your dreams. He has to be Lord over your life. I know you know him as Savior because he saved you one day. But do you know him as Lord that he can lead you and direct you into all truth? So you, are no, long, you no longer belong to yourself. But he makes the final decision for the issues in your life. So Jesus says, deny yourself. Pastor, what am I denying myself? So glad you asked me. The Lord gave this to me, and this thing messed me up. Number one, you are denying your self-trust. You are denying your self-trust. You are denying your self-trust. What you mean, Pastor? Um, thinking that I can trust that I will always make the right decisions for my life. Have you ever discovered... Now, this ain't for everybody. It's going to get real small in here. Have you discovered yet, um, I can't trust myself. Okay, I ain't, I ain't got no real people. I, I mean, I really can't trust myself. Because I've discovered, watch this, that when I went to trust myself, I made some really bad decisions for my life. I, I trust myself in bad parts that should have never happened in the first place. Have you realized you're not trustworthy? Okay. How many times you told yourself you wasn't going to do it again? And you went right back and did it all over again. I'm going to talk to some real people after a while. 
I mean, have you not discovered you can't trust yourself yet? I mean, how many times have you said, oh, it's over. I'll never do that again. Okay, let me talk to you. How many times have you told yourself, I ain't calling them ever again? How many times have you told yourself, I'm never speaking to them, not one more time in my life? I feel like saying something right there. I feel like saying something. I mean, you told yourself you were going to cut them off, and two weeks later, they was back in your bed all over again. Have you not realized you can't trust yourself? Come on, how many diets have you been on? Can I talk to some honest people right up and through here? How many times have you told yourself, I'll never, and you did it 12 times after that, I'll never? I can't trust me. I'm a mess. And it is amazing how we require such loyal loyalty from everybody else, and we ain't even loyal to ourselves sometimes. Ooh, God help me right through here. God is saying you got to deny your self-trust. You got to deny the fact that, that I, I, I can trust myself. I can trust myself. You know, I can trust myself. They, they can move in, and we don't have to be married. I can trust myself. I, I, could, I, could, I could trust myself. I could trust myself with this money. Come here. I could trust myself with this money. Come here. I could trust myself with this money. And then when God give you more money, you still don't want to tithe. Touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor, it's getting tight up in here. It's getting tight. It's getting tight. It's getting tight. It's come, but I got a bulldozer down in my spirit. I promise you I do. I'm going to drive it on out of here. I can't trust myself because I have lied to myself. I have deceived myself. I told myself I'd never do it, and I did it all over again. I'm grateful that I finally came to the realization I can't trust me. I can't trust me. So I got to deny that. I got to deny that I can trust myself. Here's the second thing you got to deny. Uh, Jesus said, deny your self-sufficiency. Deny your self-sufficiency. Deny your thinking that I could be my own source in life. Deny your self-sufficiency. Deny the feeling that tells you that you can be your own source in life. Watch this. I had to learn this the hard way. Sometimes, because you are damaged goods, you start to tell yourself, I don't need friends. So what ends up happening is, then you take the rights of relationship and covenant that God wants to bring you into. I'm keeping good right through here. And what you end up doing is you back up to the place where you think you can manage life all on your own. Grab your neighbor by, your hand, by the hand, shake it real good and say, you need me and I need you. Can't nobody do this life on their own. Can't nobody go through life by themselves. You are not self-sufficient. God has to be the one that supplies all your needs. God has to be the one that comes through for you. God has to be the one. And you got to realize you can't do this life on your own. You need somebody help. You need some help from God. You need some help from other people. You are not self-sufficient. Stop trying to be on an island. You are not self-sufficient. Stop trying to be on an island. You are not self-sufficient. Stop trying to be on an island. You are not self-sufficient. Look at your neighbor one more time and say, you need me. You need me. You need me. Watch this. Jesus says, deny self-trust. Deny self-sufficiency. Deny the fact, deny the feeling that tells you you're able to do life on, on your own. 
Watch this. Let's go deeper. Because it is my pride that, te- that makes me try to be independent of God. Pride makes you try to be independent of God. It's appealing to me to feel that I'm the master of my own fate, that I can run my own life, that I can call all the shots. Forbes uh, just came out, Forbes magazine just came out with the list of the most self-made people in the world, of the highest paid self-made people in the world. Because the world creates this, this, this paradigm that you can be self-made, that you don't need anybody. No, everybody needs somebody. You don't get through life on your own. But pride will have you sitting there thinking you can do it all by yourself. This is why I can't understand. Can I just, can I just dig this out just for a minute? Can I, can I say this? This is why I don't understand why when church people are going through what they're going through, pride will make you sit there instead of looking at somebody that you can trust and say, can you please pray for me? God, I wish I had somebody right there. You will be going through hell and go through the whole motion of church and never open your mouth and say, I'm going through it. I need you to pray for me today. Can we go to the altar together? Can we make sure that we seek after God together? Come on, is there anybody here that say, I can't do this on my own. I need all the help I can get. I need all the help I can get to raise these children. I need all the help I can get to be married. I need all the help I can get to go to this job. I can't do this by myself. Somebody lift your hands and say, Lord, I need your help in every area of my life. See, you can't call your own shots in your life. And so when you walk around with the pride feeling that you can do it by yourself, that feeling is your dishonesty. I need something outside of me to help me because I can't consistently rely on myself. Is there anybody here that say, I'm dependent on God for my very next breath? God, I wish I had somebody. I'm dependent on God to help me get out the bed in the morning. I'm dependent on God to raise these children. I'm dependent on God to work on this job every single day. The truth is I get weak. The truth is I feel limited. The truth is I could be inconsistent. But I come to one conclusion. I don't know if I got anybody. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I need to take a praise check and find out is there anybody here that say the only reason why I'm here today is because I got a God that helped me through it, that carried me through it, that held my hand, that helped me to get to where I am. I didn't get here by myself, but it's the grace and the mercy of God. Is there anybody in here that can lift up a praise right there and say, God, I thank you that I made it and you carried me on eagle's wings. I didn't make it on my own, but you helped me to get to where I am. He says you got to deny that self-trust, that self-sufficiency. Got to deny that. How do I deny myself? I said this on last week. Go to Psalms 34, verse number 18. Psalms 34, verse number 18. Psalms 34. Are y'all getting something from this? Psalms 34, verse number 18. Psalms 34, verse number 18. How do you deny yourself? Psalms 34, verse number 18. The Bible says the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Psalms 51, 17. Go over to Psalms 51, 17. Psalms 51, 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. How do you deny yourself? Here it is. 
three words break your spirit? If, if, if we was in a different vernacular, look at your neighbor and repeat these words after me. Say, neighbor, break yourself, fool. You got to break your spirit. That prideful spirit, that anger spirit, that lazy spirit, that, that jealous spirit, that revengeful spirit, that rejection spirit. God says you got to break that spirit. He says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. The sacrifices of God are, are a broken spirit, a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Oh, God, you will not despise. God is saying, watch this, stop trying to pursue happiness and start trying to pursue holiness. Stop trying to build your own positive self-image, but be conformed to the image of Christ. Not seek after affirmation, but start to seek to be anointed. Because when you break your spirit, God is saying, now I see that you're denying yourself. See, when I want to say something back, when I break my spirit, I learn how to keep my mouth closed. Come on, I wish I had somebody right there. God is saying, you got to break that spirit. Break that pride spirit. Break that spirit that nobody can't tell you nothing. Break that spirit where you look at everybody in your family as if they beneath you. Break that spirit where you think you're better than people because you come to church. Break that spirit that makes you walk around here all arrogant. God is saying, break that spirit because that is the only way that you are going to deny that self. And how you break the spirit, you got to, you got to listen, let me tell you something. If you're going to break that spirit, you got to starve that flesh. Flesh feeds on it. And you got to deny it. Watch this. God says, that's where I will be. I will meet you in your brokenness. When you take your heart and agree with God about the true condition of your heart. In my heart. Let's be real. Let's be real. And some of our hearts is unforgiveness. Is unfaithfulness. Is hatred. Is inconsistency. Is I don't know how to manage my money. In my heart. I don't know how to be a good friend. I don't know. I, I stray from my commitments. I hurt people with my words. My reactions are not Christ-like. I'm more, I'm more faithful to TV than I am to the house of God. That's in my heart. And you know what I love about the saints? The saints want to major on the symptoms. But you know what it all boils down to? Disobedience. That's all it is, disobedience. God says, I show up when you get to the place that you don't trust yourself and your desires to be dead, uh, your desire is to be dead to sin and alive to God. So everyone say self-denial. That's number one, self-denial. Here's number two, cross-bearing. That's what we didn't get to last week, cross-bearing. You got to bear your cross. You got a cross to bear. No cross, no crown. You got a cross with your name on it. And I want to clear up what a cross is. Because a cross might not be your mother-in-law. Your cross might not be your boss. It might not be your cross. Let me clarify what a cross is. Jesus says in verse number 34 in Mark 8, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross. Luke 14, verse number 27 is another occasion where Jesus said this similarly. He said, whoever does not come after me and carry his cross cannot be not my disciple. Now, let me tell you what's interesting about this statement that Jesus is making. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must first deny yourself, and number two, you must pick up your cross. Okay, watch this. What is interesting about this statement is that Jesus has not told the disciples at this time that he would die on a cross. They knew he was going to die. They just didn't know he was going to die on the cross. Are y'all with me? Okay, catch this. Um, when he refers to the cross, Jesus says, catch this, 
it's going to be your crucifixion, not mine. I don't know about you. That's a little intimidating. Because how are you asking me to do something you won't do yourself? I know you're on the backside of Calvary, so you know how the story ends. You know he goes to the cross. But the problem is they didn't know that's how the story was going to go. All they knew was that Jesus was saying, you got you to carry your own cross. Jesus, when he said this, it must have brought anxiety in their lives because they knew exactly what it meant to be crucified. Let me give you some history. During this time, history says that 30,000 Jews were crucified by the Romans at one time in, in Jerusalem. So when he says to pick up your cross, they knew exactly the implication that he was saying. Watch this. They were very, very used to seeing crucified victims because the Romans had always put them along the highway in order for everybody to see. Crucifixion was something that was normal to them, but they knew how awful it was. It was a very familiar sight. The, they knew exactly what it meant when Jesus said, you have to take up your cross because the victims who were going to be crucified had to drag their cross to the place of their own execution. What do you do? When Jesus comes to you and say you have to experience something that you know is going to be awful. What, what, what do you do when Jesus comes to you and say you know you got to go through this? <laughs> Y'all getting real quiet right through here. What, what do you do when Jesus comes to you and say you know you got to break up with me? What do you do when Jesus comes to you and say, I know they dogged you, go apologize. What do you do when Jesus comes to you and gives you instructions that you know is going to be painful? See, I don't think we're at that level of discipleship yet for many of us. Because for many of us, if we're still ruling our own lives, we don't have those kind of conversations with Jesus. Can I talk to some people that's on the level that you know sometimes Jesus makes you do some things that you really don't want to do? What do you do when Jesus say, yeah, I know they're talking about you, but go hug a man. And when you hug them, don't have no animosity in your heart. What do you do when Jesus comes to you and say, um, I know they stabbed you in your back, but I need you to take the next three days and pray for them and turn down your church and fast for them. See, we ain't at this level. We ain't at this level. I see it right there. We ain't at this level because your attitude overrides the anointing. And because your attitude overrides the anointing, when God tries to give you some real instructions, you, don't re you reject it and you walk away from it. Watch this. Never realize it, that God is trying to use you as an intercessor to bless your enemy. God help me. He's trying to use you as an intercessor to bless somebody that you might not even like. But God is saying, because it's a part of my plan, I want to see are you going to obey my will. Pick up that cross. Pick up that cross. Pick up that cross. Not pick up another ministry to work in. Pick up that cross. Not usher on the board and sing in the choir. Pick up that cross. Pick up that cross. Not put on some white gloves with that little badge that say Ursha. Pick up your cross. Because you can wear the badge and still have hatred in your heart. You can sing in the choir and still can't, you still can't love people right. And God is saying, why don't you pick up that cross? 
Because maybe your boss ain't your cross. Maybe the person in the church that's working your nerves ain't really your cross. Maybe your in-laws ain't your cross. Why would they not be my cross? Let me put it like this. Do you realize even the wicked suffer? Okay. Have you not seen all the tragedies in the world? I know sometimes as Christians we completely block it out as if it don't pertain to us. But have you not realized that the wicked suffer as well? That those that don't know Jesus suffer as well? You see the people with the floods that's happening all over the Midwest losing their homes? You see the people that are dying when they go to, to go to work and somebody comes in there and wants to shoot up the place? We don't know if they saved or not. So the wicked suffer just like the, the righteous. It, 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 it's, it's everybody. Watch this. So it does not mean that suffering, um, watch this, it does not mean that all suffering is your cross. Okay? What is a cross? It is suffering that comes because of a faithful connection to Jesus. It is suffering that comes as a faithful connection to Jesus. It's because you connected to him, suffering comes along with it. It ain't because you ain't got no money and you sitting up there trying to wonder how you going to pay your bills when you ate out every single day of your life. Touch your neighbor and say that is not suffering from God. That is a bad decision over your life. Go in that kitchen, turn on that stove, open up that refrigerator, get you some groceries, and eat at home so you can have some money. That ain't suffering from God. Bad decision. The Lord said this to me. He said, the cross is not something that necessarily disturbs your peace or is unpleasant or irritates you. There are things that are unpleasant and irritate you that don't have nothing to do with God or your cross. Some people on your job, that's aggravating. Get used to it. Because you leave that job, go to another one. You're going to find another aggravating person over there. It's aggravating people all over the place. Look down your road. <laughs> Look in your seat. It might be an aggravating person up in here. Watch this. Why is my boss... Why is the coworker that gets on my nerves? Why is my cousin and them that can't stand? Why are they not my cross? Watch this. Because um, the word cross, catch this, is never found in scripture in a plural or an indefinite article before it like a cross. Are y'all with me? Can we, go to can we go to school just for a minute? It, it is never found in, in, the, in the Bible uh, in a plural or an indefinite article. So you will never find it saying a cross. The cross is an active voice, is in the active voice, and is not passive. So the cr this cross that Jesus is referring to is not something that is laid upon us, but it's something that we must take up. You totally missed what I just said. See, your boss was laid on you because that's who was working there when you got there. Or that's who they hired since you've been there. That was something that was just laid upon you. Jesus is saying, I ain't talking about that. Jesus is saying, I'm talking about the cross that you pick up yourself. Okay. The cross stands for a symbol of those circumstances in our lives. Watch this. Write this down. That humble us. Expose us. It's going to get rough. Offend our pride. Shame us, 
and reveal the evil in our hearts. That's what a cross is. It's the things that humble you. It's the things that expose you. It's the things that offend, offend your pride. It's the things that shame you. It's the things that reveal the evil in your heart. Your cross. Maybe, maybe, maybe if we paid less attention to the boss on our job that's getting on our nerves and paid more attention to how much road rage we actually have. Touch your neighbor and say, pick up that cross, pick up that cross, pick up that cross, pick up that cross. Are y'all seeing the difference now? See, we're not talking about somebody that's around you that's irritating you. We're talking about something that's in you that's destroying you. God, help me. So I got a couple questions. You know, I love my questions. You don't have to write this down. Just listen. Okay? Um, and I don't need you to, you know, answer out loud. <laughs> you ain't got nobody impressing here. How do you respond when they speak to everybody else and they don't speak to you? care if they don't. That's your cross right there. There's your cross right there. Mm -hmm. how, how do you how do you think about them when they forget your name? It's getting quiet in here. Are you in your feelings when someone gives you criticism that is justified? Come on, bear that cross. Miss, can't nobody tell you nothing. Can't nobody say nothing to you. Because the world says, this is the world system. Let me just break this down just for a minute. The world tells you escape, avoid the situation, or if you can't avoid it, watch this, clap back. Be vindictive. Oh, you got a clapback spirit on you. Yes, you do. You got a clapback spirit on you. You know, watch this. And it's not because you don't put it on social media. It's what comes up about you when it happens. It's what you tell your friends. Uh-huh. You know you got a clapback spirit. Y'all going to sit up here and look at me in this tone of voice like you ain't got a clapback spirit? Some of you are professional clapbackers. You know how to put it together right up in your mind. They walk, why are they talking to you? Child, please, I wish you would get up out my face with these little Payless shoes you got on. If you don't sit down somewhere, I wish you would try to tell me something. Uh, okay, all right, uh-huh. Yeah, you got a clapback spirit. Is there anybody here that say, Lord, deliver me from a clapback spirit? Do deliver my mind because my mind come up with some good comebacks. Somebody say, Pastor, you teaching, you teaching, you teaching. Watch this. The world says, get angry, get even. The world says, offend back. The world says, get upset about it. Never realize how much of your life you get upset about things that don't even matter. You don't realize how angry you are all the time, just upset about everything. Have you ever seen people that stay on you upset? Just always upset. 
angry all the time. Can't never put a smile on your face. Something always got to be wrong. You stay in offense. You ready for somebody to offend you. God is saying, that's your problem. Not all that other stuff. Not all these other people. Not the stuff that you're trying to make to see to be your aggravation. That's your cross. Because here's what the cross will do. The cross will reveal the areas of your life that God is not pleased with that blessings will never reveal. Here's the problem with the saints. Here's real talk. This is too mature. I don't know if y'all can handle what I'm getting ready to say. And this is the problem. This is the reason why some of you are in a season that heaven has dried up. Because God has realized, watch this, God already realized that if he keeps blessing you in the state you're in, you will never get to what's really in your heart. Because blessings will, 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 will hide what's really going on in your heart. Sometimes God has to withhold the blessing in order to reveal for you to deal with what's going on in, inside your heart. So he has to shut down heaven just for a season and not open the door. Because God want to see, can you not get the job and I still get my praise? Can, 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 can they talk about you and it seemed like as uh, soon as they talk about you, a week later they drive up with a new car and you not walk around in jealousy over it? God wants to know, can, can, can I not bless you, watch this, and you deal with what's going on really on the inside of your heart? God is saying, I am not, I hear you, Lord. God is saying, I am not going to open up heaven until you deal with what's really going on in your heart. Stop talking about all these little symptoms. Stop talking about all these little symptoms. Your boss is your symptom. That ain't really the sickness. The sickness is what's going on in your heart. Come here, come here, come here, come here. All right, thank you, Lord. Come here. Why don't you deal with the impatience? In fact, you can be still and know that I am God. You got to have it now. You want it now. Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. And if it don't come quick enough, I got to make some decisions for my life. Something need to change around here. Touch three people and say, be still, be still, be still, be still, be still. See, that's a, that's a heart issue. There's something going on in your heart that's telling you, I got, to, I got to have more. There's a Here it is. There's a restlessness down on the inside of you where you can't stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And God is saying, in this season, I need you to stand flat-footed and start going to the left and to the right and over there and over there. Stop calling ten people to get their opinions about it. How about you call on heaven and say, God, what do you have to say about it? And if you want me to stand right here, I will not be moved like a tree planted by rivers of water. I'm going to stand right here and wait on what God is getting ready to do in my life. Can I just testify to somebody to let you know your weight is getting ready to pay off? That God is saying that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I came to let somebody know that your weight is getting ready to pay off. Give your neighbor a high five and say, it's getting ready to pay off. It's getting ready to pay off because I done worked on this hard while I was waiting. I learned how to consecrate while I was waiting. I learned how to keep my mouth closed while I was waiting. I learned how to pray for people while I was waiting. I learned how to keep my worship up while I was waiting. And while I waited, God was fixing something for me. I don't know who that was for, 
But God told me to tell you, your weight is going to pay off. Woo! I said, your weight is getting ready to pay off. I said, your weight is getting ready. I wish I had some real praises right there that didn't mind. Go ahead and give God just about five seconds of praise that your weight is getting ready to pay off, that you suffered a while, that you strained for a season, that you had to go through, that you had to go without. But God said, your weight is getting ready to pay off. Somebody lift up your hands, open up your mouth, and tell God, thank you, Jesus, that I waited Sometimes I got to make you wait to reveal what's been in your heart. I got to make you wait. I'm still on this job. I got to make you wait to reveal what's in your heart. I got to make you wait. My money ain't turned around yet. I got to make you wait to reveal what's in your heart. Everybody else trying to get the bag. You trying to get my blessing. So if they bag going to come and go, your blessing will stand. God is saying, you got to wait so that I can reveal what's in your heart. Mark the seventh chapter, verse number 21 through 22. Mark the seventh chapter. So we were in Mark the eighth chapter where Jesus said, if any man will come after me, you must first deny yourself and pick up your cross. Look what he says just one chapter earlier. Mark the seventh chapter, verse number 21 and 22. Y'all still with me? For it is from within out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come. Look what he says. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. I mean, did he miss anything? He says it's in your heart. You're worried about the symptoms of it. God say, I'm after your heart. Everybody say this. Create in me a clean heart. He's after your heart. Jesus is saying that it's, it, it is the cross that brings this out. It's the cross that brings out what's in your heart. It's the cross that brings out what's in your heart. Married people, don't, don't you marry no, I mean, uh, um, single people, don't you marry anybody until you see them through, through that, per, see that person go through a trial. Because you don't know what's in their heart until they had to deal with their cross. Oh, they don't like that right there. They don't like that. Okay, you just want them to be in the bedroom. But you better come up out that bedroom and realize you need to see what they go through. You need to see how they act. You need to see how they respond when the cross comes to their life. Because you don't know. Because if you're going to be in a difficult situation and you've given up and fallen apart, I need to make sure that I'm with somebody that when all hell comes against both of us, we know how to stand flat-footed and believe God together. Don't you get another friend until you see what they go through when hell comes knocking at their door. But can you see that they're resilient? Can you see that they won't give? up. Is there anybody here that say, Lord, let me be that person that refuses to give up when my cross comes? It's in my heart. It's in my heart. It's in my heart. God says, I have to make sure that your cross reveals what's in your heart. See, why would I pick up my cross? Why? I mean, we live in a day and time, you know, most folks don't even go to church no more. They say they're spiritual, but they aren't, I mean, what they praying to, a rock? You know, they don't, they, don't, they don't even know what it is anymore. So why us, believers, Christians, why are we willing to follow a Jesus that says you got to deny yourself and pick up a cross? Why are we willing to follow a Jesus, a Christ that says you getting ready to suffer because you with me? Why would we do that? That would sound to the world crazy, wouldn't it? Watch this question becomes, are you willing to pay the price? 
in order to follow Jesus. Watch this. It might cost you something to be with Jesus. Ooh, look at somebody say, it's going to cost you something. There's some people that's next to you that tell you it could cost you some sleepless nights. It'll cost you some rejection in your life. Come on. It'll cost you some discomfort and some agony. It's going to cost you some hurt and some pain to follow Jesus. It's going to cost you being outside of your comfort zone. It's going to cost you desires that may not even be yours in the first place. It's going to cost you persistent prayer even when you don't see no results. It's going to cost you battling with sin and weaknesses. Watch this. Not for a week, not for a month, but for years. Is there anybody in here that say it's going to cost you something to follow Jesus? But I want to know, is there anybody in here that say, Lord, I'm willing to pay the price. I'm willing to pay the price of whatever it costs to follow you. Why? Because you are the best thing that ever happened to me. Being with you is worth paying the price that it's going to cost. Why would I go through all this? Because the question becomes, how important is Jesus to you? How, how important is that your sins have been forgiven? How important is it that you get grace that you don't deserve? How important is it to you? your joy, the peace, the eternal life that he gives you. Because it should be so important to you that you're willing to pay the cost to follow Jesus. That's why the text says, when I think of the light of these light afflictions, I but for a moment, I'm willing to pay the price. When I realize that the testing of my, of my faith produces perseverance, I can count it all joy and I can pay the price. And there is not a price high enough that I can pay that is not worth paying for what the Lord has done for me. God, I need to go ahead and stop right here and find out, is there anybody that can say, after all the Lord has done for me in my life, I'm willing to pay the price. Come on. After how he delivered my mind and delivered my soul and brought me out, I'm willing to pay the price. So what if they don't like me? So what if they reject me? So what if I have to go without? I'm willing to pay the price because he was the one that set me free. He was the one that brought me out. He is the one that lifted me up. He is the one that made my enemies leave me alone. He is the one that held me in the midnight hour. He's the one that wiped tears out of my eyes. He's the one that gave me peace in the time of storm. He is the one that gave me joy and sorrow. He is the one that lifted me up out of the muck and out of the mire. And is there anybody in here that say, I'm willing to pay the price because he done brought me a mighty long way. I feel a praise right there. Is there anybody in here that say, hey, I'm willing to pay the price because he brought me a mighty long way. follow Christ only for the benefits we receive, but for the cross we bear. Before the cross, you got to pay the price. No cross, no crown. No pain, no gain. God is saying, hear me, beloved. And there's some of you in here that have been in your season cross-bearing season and they haven't felt good. In fact, you feel forsaken. You feel like people have walked away from you. You feel as if the burden and the weight of it seems unbearable. God told me to tell you
himself. And God wants to do something in you. Hear me. Hear me. You are in your cross-bearing field now. You don't feel good. Everything on the inside of you tells you to walk away and give up. Because it'll be a whole lot easier if you weren't on this cross. struggling with this for a while. Hear me. This ain't sin. This ain't a sin issue. This ain't the repercussion of your sin. This is something you're going through. But you didn't sign up for that. I mean, I signed up for Jesus, but I didn't sign up for all this. I didn't know this was going to work out like this. I didn't know I was going to pray and wasn't nothing going to happen. I didn't know that I was going to be struggling the way that I'm struggling. And while the enemy presented you with other opportunities, some on the inside of you that just, I got to remain faithful. This altar call ain't for everybody. Because there's some people who has not bared any cross. You do what you want, when you want, how you want. You are the master of your own life. You're the captain of your soul. You lead and direct yourself in everything you do. But for those in, of us in here, they say, Pastor, I'm in my cross-bearing season. I didn't know it was going to work out like this. And I'm trying to hold on. But strength is leaving. gave me a message for you on today. Through the rejection, through the pain, through the hurt, through the discomfort. Lord says, go on through. Go through this cross-bearing season. It's not about your neighbor about you right now. If I'm talking to you and you know it's my cross bearing season. Maybe talk to the child or Miss Lee. You know I'm talking to you. You don't need a whole lot of fanfare. You don't need other people in the church to be impressed with you. you hear God through all this. Get up out your seat and meet me on this altar. What you're living, you didn't even see coming. What you're living, you didn't even see coming. 
This was nowhere on your trajectory. This was nowhere in the plan. So, first I want to say this. Count it an honor and a privilege to bear that cross. Count it an honor and a privilege to bear that cross. To whom much is given, much is required. God is saying, hear me, the level of anointing that he has on your life has to go through the process of crucifixion in order for there to be resurrection. It hurt. Doesn't feel good. The cross bearing was never supposed to feel good. Well, pastor, what am I supposed to do on this cross? What am, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to handle this? The word of the Lord is, just go ahead and die. Because the only way that you can be resurrected is you got to die on that cross. It's supposed to be heavy. It's supposed to be weight. Because he has to kill everything that's coming against your destiny. He has to come against everything that will stop the hand of God in your life. So the Lord says, just give up. Stop struggling to stay alive on this cross. What do you mean just die, Pastor? Go ahead and surrender everything. Surrender everything. Surrender it as if you taking your last breath. God, you got it. God, you got it. God, you got it. I completely surrender to your will and to your way, and I'm not going to struggle with your will any longer. Your will is right. Your way is right, and I surrender to it. I die on this cross. Everybody on this altar, lift your hands before the Lord. Don't move. Don't be swayed. Don't let emotions pull you off that cross. Stay right there. Stay right there. He's killing the parts of you that don't glorify him. And when you come through this, God, I feel you right there. When you come through this, your resurrection will be greater than you've ever experienced in your life. Just going on through it and tell him yes. And whoever he got to pull out your life, let him pull out your life. And whoever he got to put in your life, let him put it in your life. And whenever he tells you to shut up, keep your mouth closed. And whenever he tells you to speak, open your mouth. And when he tells you go to the left, go to the left. And when he tells you to go to the right, go to the right. This is your season of a complete yes to God. And you don't need your friends to agree. And you don't need social media to come in covenant with you. Surrender all the way to God. Surrender all the way to God.
I won't struggle with your will any longer. I need everybody in this house to lift your hands. Y'all looking at this like it's a show. You are not at a show. This is the presence of God. This is not a moment of emotionalism for me. This is a moment that you completely surrender your will to the Lord. How do you do that? You have to bring your flesh in alignment with your spirit. You have to make sure that your spirit is louder than your flesh. Open your mouth and tell the Lord, yes. Come on, he's putting in front of you right now the things you need to say yes to. Come on, tell him yes. I surrender. I submit my will to you. My answer is yes. I don't like it. If it don't feel good, it hurts. It's painful. I didn't know it was going to work out like this. But my answer to you is yes, Lord. I need you to open your mouth and tell the Lord yes. Come on, tell the Lord yes. Come on, yes, 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 yes to your will, yes to your way, yes to your desires, yes to your plan, yes to your program. I'm not going to struggle with it any longer. I'm telling you, yes, I can't handle this on my own. I can't do, I can't be self-willed. I can't be self-driven. I need you, God. So my answer is a yes. Your plan is greater. Your way is better. Your plan is greater. Your way is better. So my answer is yes. Surrender all to you. I surrender my dreams, I surrender my goals, I surrender my plans, I surrender it all to you, God. I give it all to you, God. I surrender it all. I surrender it all. Watch this. I surrender my pain. I surrender my frustration. I surrender the plans that I had in my own mind that didn't work out. I surrender it all to you, God. I surrender the disappointment that I had in you because you didn't work it out the way I thought you was going to work it out. I surrender it all to you. Come on. I surrender my disappointment. I surrender. I keep hearing that. I surrender my disappointment. I surrender it all to you, God. I surrender my disappointment. I'm disappointed. I brought my disappointment with me on this altar. I didn't know it was going to be like this, but I surrender it to you now, God. Come on. I surrender it all to you, and my answer is yes, and my answer is yes. I feel some of y'all getting free, and my answer is yes. I surrender it all to you. I need everybody in this house. Come on, if you're standing in the audience, to lift up your hands, open up your mouth and worship. There's a surrender in this house. There's a surrender in this house. Come on, while you're telling God a yes, he says, I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm healing, I'm healing. I'm putting the broken pieces back together again. I'm giving you the strength to make it. I'm giving you the endurance to go through this. I'm giving it to you now. I'm giving it to you now because you are not struggling with my will. You're surrendering everything thing to me. I feel the presence of God. God says, open up your mouth and say yes to God. I say yes. 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 So now that I've surrendered what I thought was going to work out to you, God, my answer to you is, however you want to do it, God, it is well with my soul. 
whatever you want to do, God, it is well with my soul. My flesh will not struggle with you any longer. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well. I tell you, yes, it is well. Come on. I need you to say that out your mouth. I'm not struggling with it anymore. It is well with my soul. Ministers, I need you to go amongst them. Don't labor too long. I need you to, come on, we're coming in covenant. We're going to touch and agree. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. From the depths of my belly, yes. From the depths of my soul, I tell you yes. From the depths of my spirit, I tell you yes. My answer is yes, God. 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 Ah, I thank you for where you're taking us. I thank you for what you're doing in us. My answer is yes, God. My answer is yes, God. I thank you for where I'm headed. I thank you for what you're going to do in me. God, I thank you for the plans that you have for me, the future that's ahead of me. I thank you right now, God, that when I come through this, I'm coming out with better. I'm coming out with greater. I'm coming out with a fresh anointing. I'm coming out with strength that I didn't even know I had. I'm coming out with more endurance. I'm coming out with power. I thank you, God, that when I come through this, God, you're going to do a miracle. You're going to work a miracle in my life, and it's going to be better than what I planned. It's going to be better than what I thought. It's going to be better than how I thought it was going to come together. You're going to get glory out of this, God. So I thank you. I bless you. I glorify you. I love you. I need the whole house standing to your feet with your hands lifted. Come on, we getting ready to move. But I need everybody in here to lift your hands and worship him. If your answer is yes, I need the whole house, come on, to say yes to God. Say yes to God. Say yes to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your plan is greater. Your plan is greater. Your plan is greater. I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to pick up this cross. 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 I'm going to carry it. Crucify our flesh now. Crucify our flesh now. And we reverence you. And we bless you. And we honor you. And we thank you. Hallelujah. I need a worship all over this house. Open up your mouth. I need to hear mouths. Come on, I need to hear voices. Open up your mouth. Come on, open up your mouth. Glory to your name, God. Come on, my answer is yes. Hallelujah. I'm not struggling with your will any longer. I'm not struggling with your will any longer. Your will, your will, your will, your way, your way, your way, God, your way, your way in my house, your way on my job, your way in my mind, your way in my emotions, your way in my family, your way, your way, God. I surrender, God. I thank you, Lord. I glorify you. And I bless you. Hallelujah. 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 I want to be sensitive to the Spirit. You want to stay on this altar, you can. 
And if you've got what you needed, you can return to your seat. If you want to stay on this altar, you stay right where you are. Glory to your name, God. 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 And we bless you. And we glorify you. And we thank you. Hallelujah. Yes, God. 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 Yes. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. We tell you yes. We tell you yes. The brokenness was worth it, God. The breaking was worth it. The breaking was worth it. Hallelujah. And we bless your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. We thank you. We thank you. take a minute and just bless God for your own cross. Come on, just thank him for your cross. Thank you for my 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 cross. And we bless your name. And we glorify you. Hallelujah. I want us to prepare ourselves to give at this time in this presence. If you're on the altar, you can stay there if you want to, whatever you want to do. I want us to prepare ourselves to give at this time.